Um, let's continue. So yesterday what we were describing is that there are two separate goals that the Torah talks about, not in terms of on a daily basis, what we're supposed to be accomplishing, but in terms of like an overall, like, you know, uh, the overall goals that we have in life, what we described is the, um, the perfection of this world, which will be marked by the coming of Mashiach. And second, the attainment of Olam Haba, life in the hereafter, which follows a person's lifespan on earth. Now, there's a lot in common between those two goals, but they're not the same. When we talk about the Yemos HaMashiach, the days of when Messiah comes, this is a, it's a fascinating topic, a topic which you don't have that much information about because it's not the main focus of what we do. But the Yemos HaMashiach, the days of the Messiah, that refers to a time when we will still be living, our souls will still be anchored to our bodies. We will still be living in this world. We talk about Olam Haba, the world to come. We are talking about a time in which we are a spiritual being and we are completely connected once again back to the source. So it is a completely different period and aspect. That's one way that we can differentiate. So let's see what he says. You mentioned yesterday that in the Tanakh, in the Torah writings, when we talk about the overall goals for the Jewish people, as we said, Isaiah, a big focus of Isaiah and other uh, of the prophets, is the messianic goal, talking about what will happen when the nations of the world will come to the recognition of God, when and all the Jewish people and all the nations of the world will be coming to offer sacrifices right on the Temple Mount. That's the focus on. Well, Jewish ethical literature preeminently deals with preparation for the life hereafter. So it's focused more on the world of souls and the world of when there is a complete reunion as opposed to the Messiah time period. The reason may be that Musser writers are concerned with self-perfection of the individual and his specific perspective, while the Tanakh addresses itself to the task of each Jew as a member of the chosen people within God's world. Right? So in other words, I had, I had an interesting conversation with someone yesterday. We were trying to, he was trying to figure out exactly what Musar is. Right? So Musar is the uh, sort of like ethical teachings right, and character development that are gleaned from the words of our sages and also gleaned from the prophets, right? Now, it's not a unique study. It's not like a, an independent study aside from the Torah. A lot of what the Torah is teaching us is by definition Musar as well, right? The idea is the Musar movement is a way of saying, instead of learning this by bits and pieces as we go through our lives and study the Tanakh, and sometimes we hit a point that is related to rebuke and is related to try to help us elevate ourselves, We'll try to take those points, isolate them out, and then categorize them in one, in one uh, fell swoop so that we can actually study it and get just these points, very, very uh, focused study on these points, okay? Now, the, the idea over here is that the Musar movement is it is attempting to help individuals recognize their value, to help individuals grow, to help individuals recognize the potential that is latent within each of us. But the Tanakh is not speaking to individuals. The Tanakh is speaking to the Jewish nation as one nation. And therefore, when we speak of the Jewish nation as one nation, we can be addressed with a mission that only can be accomplished when we are pulling together, which is the bringing of Mashiach. When we talk about the Olam Haba, the world to come, that's something that's within all of our reaches as individuals. And therefore, the focus of the Musar movement would be, how do you best set yourself up for success in that fashion? Whereas in Tanakh, the goal would be something that is more related to the unified Jewish nation. The latter is also the thrust of Rabbi Shamsh Nafal Hirsch's concern in his writing, writings, to provide an exposition of the place and role of the Jew in the world, right? So he's focused on what is for each individual, 
right? I'm sorry, not for what is each individual, rather what it is for the Jewish nation writ large. He can hardly be criticized for following the path set by the Tanakh. Surely there are also other considerations that prompted him not to belabor the goal of individual, otherworldly self-realization. He may not have wanted to put stress on the concept of reward. More generally, to divert attention from man's duties in this world to speculation about otherworldly and mystical issues. And therefore, he's more focused on what we can do to make change in this world. Now, counter to reason. He mentioned that sometimes we think of the mitzvot as being somewhat counter to reason when you just get involved in doing it without any thought as to why you do it. And it gets uh, divorced from the spiritual content or the spirit behind the mitzvah, let's say. The author acknowledges that although the mitzvot of the Torah are supposed to be the embodiment of lofty divine teachings to guide all aspects of our life, in practice, the life of the Jew seems to be concerned only with prayer, meditation, and ceremonies devoid of spirit and meaning. However, in the paragraphs that follow, he emphasizes that Judaism projects this image only as a result of the historical circumstances of life in exile, the persecution of the Jews, and their exclusion from many aspects of life, which led to an aloofness from the world at large, and the need for great efforts to save at least the outward forms of the law, even if not its spirit. Right? This is a very important point. The fact that we were persecuted, right? The fact, it, it takes us away from an ability to connect to the mitzvah in the way that we are meant to connect to it. Because when everything else is shutting down and all other options and avenues are shut down, we, we focus on what it is that we can do at, it, at our core, right? On, uh, on Shabbat, I had a winemaker over uh, for, for, uh, you know, for this past Shabbat. And he was talking about what happens when it gets really, really hot, that what happens is to the grapes, the, the vines, they stop giving nutrition and sustenance to the grapes because the vines are not able to ensure their own survival and then also give enough nutrition to the grapes at the same time. So if they would try to produce enough, uh, you know, to give enough um, uh, energy to the grapes to continue their growing process, then they themselves would fall apart, right? So sometimes you have to make that hard decision. We're going to just focus on the core because if you try to do too much, everything is not going to survive. The suffering of the Jewish people, which put a premium on passive endurance and concentration on inwardness, prayer, and a contemplative life. So technically, we should be making changes, right? We should be changing the world to be the way the world that it's, it is supposed to look like. But under the circumstances that we found ourselves throughout the exile up until pretty recently, there wasn't a dream that a Jew could change the world, right? You know, a Jew had no power at all. So then the focus would not be on these mitzvot that would help change the world and, and the ideas and the values as we first speaks it out so profoundly, but rather the idea would be on surviving to the next day and doing the mitzvah the way your mother did, the way your father did, and that's it. The fear of being led astray by alien ideas, which inhibited intellectual inquiry into the spirit of the mitzvot. This is a very important point as well. This is something that really, you know, I'm not, I'm not a historian, but if you look at, at history, and you look at the world, there's a, a, a pendulum shift within, within uh, religions in general. And Judaism is sometimes influenced, the, the practitioners of Judaism are influenced by the other people of the world as well. And different time periods, for example, the Rambam, when the Rambam famously was very focused on philosophy, at a time period when many of the Spanish Jewry were focused on philosophy, and this led many people astray, astray from following the path of an observant lifestyle. 
And there was a lot of controversy, as we've mentioned in the past. And then the pendulum sometimes shifts back to a world in which as a backlash where we say, no, no more focus on the philosophy. That's not healthy. We see where it leads people to. So therefore they step away from it completely, right? And this is something that, that's been happening throughout history. And this is another important point, the failure to grasp properly the teachings of Kabbalah in which the spirit of Judaism could have been found. In letter 18, the author discusses these factors in more detail and indicates what reforms in Jewish life he considers necessary in order for Jews to regain a full understanding of Torah's teachings in all their aspects. As we shall note there, the devastating picture of Jewish religious life drawn by him is a direct reflection of the situation that he observed in Western and Central Europe. Okay, I think we're going to stop over here. The, the, the next note is a, it's an interesting note, but I don't, want to, I don't want to get started and then stop right at the beginning because he's going to be dealing with an important point, which is something that we've noticed as we read through the book, that he clearly is discussing Kabbalistic concepts, right? But yet it doesn't seem to be a focus. And especially in his larger writings, you very, very rarely see a focus on Kabbalah. And you think of him as being this very, very rational, you know, modern day individual who's focused on very grounded and, and in reality, but the truth of the matter is he has a tremendous Kabbalistic background as well. And the next note will discuss exactly why some of that's shown through and some of that does not seem to be a focus at all of his writings, even if he himself personally was very knowledgeable in Kabbalah. Um, so everyone should have a great Shabbos. Also